Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Antonio Conte, who is now in at Tottenham, back in English football today. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your raspy voiced host, Andrew. More on that in a moment. You could follow us at Tottenham Depot. I've got Scott Shuban and Caroline here alongside for an international break edition of the Depot. We'll start by throwing out to at DSM Spurs. He is Scott. He is up in the good old PNW. What's up, Scott? Not much. Got back from a battery party last night, so I'm I am here. <laughs> we'll say. Yeah, I I am also present and accounted for. Many of you saw that uh, the Todd father and I had an excursion yesterday, which I will elaborate on, and that is why I am so raspy voiced. Uh, we've also got Shuban. He is at the real Shuban, and he's he's seen better days, but he's hanging in there. What's going on, mate? How are you? Do you know what? Anytime you get a chat with your friends, it's a good day. So I'm grateful for that. We're grateful for that as well. Caroline is also with us at CG Stefco. Cats, how you doing? I'm doing good. I have all my excitement coming up tonight with the San Antonio FC away watch party. So doing good. My excitement tonight will be rooting for certain uh, Oscar movies to win awards, but that's neither here nor there. Um, And yeah, the raspy voice is because uh, Todd and I went out last night and saw a USL match together. We went and saw my Phoenix rising lose horribly to his San Diego loyal uh, shout out to TC. Uh, he is headed back to San Diego with a win in his pocket and three points in hand. Uh, congrats to, to him and his loyal. Many, many folks saw our excursion yesterday, our, our escapades. Uh, shout out to, to the other loyal fans who are in attendance uh, at Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex down there in, in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, we hung out with Jen and, and, and Weston was there. And, and shout out to all the, the Spurs fans who are also loyal fans. Uh, who are also listeners of the pod? Uh, it was it was a good a good time was had by all except for uh, fans of of Rising who uh, who did not get <laughs> did not get things turned around like we wanted to. But uh, we've got a lot of um, a lot of questions that we solicited from from you, the listener, for this week. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive right into some of those um, and just kind of bounce around. There's not you know there hasn't been a lot of Spurs news over the last week. Obviously, it's been quiet. Uh, we've all been kind of poking in at, at international football and. Um, a lot of us here on this side of the pond watched uh, USA Mexico the other night, another match later today for, for the U.S. men's national team against Panama and then Costa Rica later in the week trying to solidify that spot in the World Cup. But um, let's get into some of these questions. Uh, I want to start off with our boy Dustin Dietz at Dustin Dietz 18. Um, Scott, he asked about um, Pape Mate Sar. Has anyone heard anything about him recently? Is he still coming here next season? And you actually did a little digging on this. So fill us in on what we know about, about Sar and his future with Spurs. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've at least like pseudo paid attention to what's going on. I haven't watched any games or anything like that. So, uh, but it sounds like he's not getting a lot of minutes. He's coming off the bench at best, you know, and and getting consistent appearances as a sub. It sounds like, but I know Ali Gold had cited a lack of minutes last week at one point. Um, and it's it's just a strange one for me because it sounds like, according to our own Dakota that their manager essentially put it out on the table at the beginning of this loan at the beginning of the season that he wouldn't be getting many minutes because they needed to learn how to play without him. And it just kind of blows my learning that this morning, it kind of blows my mind that we send him there after hearing something like that, right? Loaning a guy who we need to give crucial minutes to, to a team that says they need to start phasing him out doesn't really align. And, and so I think, Maybe it's not surprising to me that he's getting minutes, not getting minutes after hearing those things. But ultimately, he's going to have to to find minutes quickly, you know, and I get it right. He's going to get a chance to probably go back on loan next year from from what we're hearing, um, which is another piece of this. Right. And something we can talk about. But ultimately, you know, my point here is that he's at such a crucial point in his career for his development into that next step that it's a really 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 inopportune time to not be getting a ton of minutes for him uh, so a little bit concerning but ultimately you know being that he's kind of one that at least from the fans perception stays on the outskirts because he's not here right um i think we can at least see that as some solace into a loan next year as, as shivon mentioned earlier in the chat maybe into the championship or something like that where he can start to phase into the english game so ultimately i think my rants tells us probably uh not to expect him in a Spurs uniform next year. If so, not to be utilized often, which is not good, right? So we hope that, that it's the former um, and we hope we continue to see this kid develop, but it probably won't be in a Spurs uniform again next year. Yeah, you and I were talking about how, like, how great would it be to have three or God forbid, even four midfielders for two spots. Like right now we talked about this a few months ago when it looked like we were going to have the likes of Benton skip Hoy bear, and even winks, you know, four decent midfielders for two spots. And, you know, skip's been hurt. Winks hasn't really stepped up. Uh, I would say, and, and taken the reins in the, in the way that we, we hoped he might be able to. So it's really just been Hoy bear and Benton Wouldn't it be nice to have a guy like Sar be able to come in and grab hold of at least at least a squad role but i i think you're right i think he's still still young enough and still um in development enough that i don't know get, get him alone somewhere where he can learn to, to play and and at least in in england where it's a little more physical and and i don't know i i don't know enough about sar in terms of of his full game but i know that he's a a, a highly thought of midfielder and it would just be it would be kind well, of nice to have options, right? I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna scramble the pull up stats, but I do know that he is regarded as a ball progressing midfielder who who takes risks vertically, right? And we need that, so not something that we really have very much. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's why it's irritating as shit to me that he's not getting minutes right now. And I don't know if it's his fault or the organization's. And after hearing some things from the manager, like I said, it might be might be the latter there, but. It's not it's not a good time for him to not be playing. Right. This is such a crucial point in his career. Um, and if you look at a guy like Tongi, who is regarded in a similar fashion as as far as the way he plays, that jump to the Premier League was non-existent. Right. And so for right. a guy like Saar, 
who's playing at a, a, the same level, but for a lower level organization and not getting minutes is just fucking concerning and doesn't doesn't give me a ton of hope that he's going to be on the squad next year. Right. Is all this is. So. Well, and, and to, to the point that you said D- Dakota looked into and I, I read a little bit about it, too, is, is that the manager uh, just figured they need to learn how to play without him. He's 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 regarded as one of their better players and one of their best talents, but they need to learn to play without him. I get that. Like, I, I, I don't think you can dictate to a team. I know, you, I know you're going to disagree with me. You, you can dictate to a team when you loan a player that you need him to play. Sure. But when those plans change and when teams have their own agendas, like you can't literally go in and force them to put a guy on the pitch. No, 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 no. But what I will say is you can, you can end that loan. <laughs> of course. If you're not getting what, and that's my point in the chat earlier, right? Like, but I think ultimately, Maybe maybe that leads me to say, why did we not revisit such things in, in the last window, right? Because I'm sure anyone in the championship would have taken this dude on a loan. And of course, I don't know if he's maybe. interested in that. Yeah. Who knows, right? But you, you we have no, this is all fucking speculation, you know, from our couches. But I, I think ultimately, it just doesn't bode me as a place that is beneficial for him right now. Especially, and again, like... Th- I totally understand if, if I'm a manager and I have a guy that I know is gone, I'm doing the same fucking thing. Like I probably won't even loan guys in if I was a manager. It's like, it's, it's hard to have like long-term vision in that situation. Right. So if I'm the manager, I totally would be doing the same exact thing. Like I've got to phase you out cause you're already gone, but that's just not what he needs right now. And we, as the organization need to pay attention to those things and change that situation is maybe the gripe that I have. Right. And we didn't do that. So. So all of this kind of dovetails into another question we got from from Ben from Tennessee at Tennessee Ben, and he, and he wants to know what the hierarchy uh, and and this is an interesting way to word a question that I didn't want, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let it slide. He wants to know what the hierarchy on position of need is for this summer when it comes to transfers. And when we're talking about Sar, we're talking about midfield need. We're talking about him maybe not being around. To me, Shuban, I really like what this team has done with the front three so far with Kane's son and Kulisevsky, obviously, and then you've got options in Bergvine and maybe even Lucas behind those guys. Obviously, it would be nice to have a true backup striker, but we all know that the there are problems with doing that with, when you have Harry Kane. But to me, the midfield and really the wingbacks are the biggest need, and, and that's where the hierarchy goes for me. Then it goes to, yeah, you would like to see another maybe – left-sided center back come in to, to be able to spell Ben Davis or just some more depth there. But to me, it's all across that middle part of the field right now, especially the wing backs, but even that midfield where you need some depth, where's the hierarchy in terms of transfer needs this summer come for you? Oh, it's a tricky one. I think finally we actually have a, a decent 11, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, obviously, and in, in a weird way, we, we have a little bit of depth, but Obviously, I think we spoke about in the last part of the pub before that, Cess's injury his or his inability to not be injured kind of affects that wing-back status. Um, in terms of hierarchy, it's a really tricky one, really, because, I mean, we've seen Doherty really, not come into his own, but really play A number one, his favourite position, and show he, he can actually do a job. Now, I think, come because I don't know how it works, because obviously we have... In this country, we have the Premier League finishing, then we have Nations League. And I don't know if other countries have, like, and then we have, like, a pre-season or something, a very compact pre-season. So how much time we, we're going to have. It may be that what Conte says, do you know what? 
I'm looking at Emerson Royale, and do you know what? Sorry, he cannot do what I asked him to do. Therefore, I've had time coaching with him. I've had a good look at him. I need to move him on. Just similar to how we did in in um, in um, January, he had he looked at people and he said, you know what? I'm going to move some people on. So I think it's more the hierarchy is based on who leaves or who he feels he can't bring in. I mean, for me, and I've, I mean, it depends. I mean, and it also depends on what's available because of course. you look at our attacking band and yes, that mid, that attacking midfield is looking good. But if Kulajeshi goes, I think the drop in quality to say Stevie B or, um, um, Lucas is too much. So he might look at it and say, well, do you know what? If Gareth Bale, I, but, but, but by the way, when I say the term free, I know that you have to pay age of compensation and signing on fees. So nothing is technically free, but you've got players like Bale, like Osmana Dembele, like Ericsson possibly, who thankfully is a bit of a tangent, but you know, to score for Denmark are having, you know, having had that awful trauma yeah. playing for Denmark, that was, you know, and I think people are going to be looking at that and thinking, well, do you know what? There's quality there. Maybe, all right, we want to spend a huge amount of money signing them. So I think th- there's two forms of hierarchy. There's the hierarchy in terms of what Conte wants, and there's the hierarchy in terms of, like, well, what plays are available? Because I'm not saying we're going to go... I, are you familiar with the term being top heavy or something? Sure. As in like, we're going to be top heavy. So we're going to have, we're not going to have the same level of quality defensively or depth defensively as we will in attack. Because we, because we might say, look at Bale and Ericsson and think, do you know what? We can bring these guys back. It won't cost a huge amount, but, you know, and they won't expect to play every single game. So they can come in as impact players. And so, that kind of dovetails with what Conte thinks. Well, do you know what? Yeah, yeah. Because I think, so I think it's a marriage. I think the hierarchy is there's two determining factors really. The what Conte wants to let go, as well as the price of players that are available. If that makes any sense. So I don't, I'm sorry, Ben, if that doesn't answer your question as fully as you would have liked. No, it, I, I hear what you're saying. I think you know when it comes to hierarchy, and that 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 was the word that that intrigued me about this question. It, it is it is about availability and and right player, right price, and all of those types of things. But Caroline, I think for me, outside of just the wanting wanting depth in the midfield and actual, you know rotation at wing back i think that's that's the word across the board right for me is depth is just wanting players to be able to come in and challenge you know like shuban said this team seems to have a pretty decent 11 right now but you want to have a good 18 you want to have players that can come in and and provide depth and challenge right right i think that's the key is just having those players who are a step above the squad players that we currently have um and and players who are hungry and not at a point where they're comfortable, which I think, unfortunately, players like, say, Harry Winks, that's kind of where they're at right now. Yeah. So just just having a team that feels a little more dynamic, even from the bench. And I think it, it probably sounds crazy to say this about someone who's nearing retirement, but uh, Gareth Bale would definitely be like a dynamic mm-hmm. impact sub that we could bring in for a reasonable, you know, 
play wing back too. Wages. Right. Yeah, exactly. You really could. Yeah. So, yeah. Versatile. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's so funny. I keep hearing the, the Bale and the Erickson names brought up in terms of potential buys for summer. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. Something about it just makes me weirdly apprehensive and skeptical and um, all of those uh, uneasy, uncomfortable words. It's just, I don't know. It feels like, feels like revisiting old girlfriends uh, that, you know, it, I don't know. There's just something very weird about it that I'm not fully comfortable with. I, I was fine with the bail for a uh, last season. Uh, was that last season or two seasons ago? I don't even know what time is anymore, but like, holy crap. Like, are we really going to try and do that a third time and do, do the Erickson thing again and just run it all back? I don't know. It seems, it seems very weird to me, but I know that that conversation is just not going to go away, especially with those two players uh, and the links that, that they well, have to this club. I mean, I, I, I think bail really for all, you know, if all things considered, Bale should have never have have, have terminated the loan. He should have stayed at Spurs. And I know he didn't terminate the loan, but it should not have been terminated. I think now that Conte's here, it's kind of just like, a, oh, 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 just come on back. You're like, oh, you never really left, yeah. but just come on back. Um, and I think with Erickson, it's it's a weird deal, man, because they're, that dude is the same player he's always been. And if his heart is healthy... He's a fucking world-class number 10, and we are desperate for that. Like, I, I think turning our nose up at Erickson is asinine. Um, it is. I, 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 I don't disagree fully with what you're saying. I also think that there's an element, and this is what I always say, that it, it, it's it's not just that it takes two clubs to tango. It takes club and player to tango. And Erickson's departure from Spurs, we have to remember, it wasn't about Jose Mourinho. It wasn't about you know, players on the club. He just wanted something new. And I don't know if that guy, I mean, look, I know he, I'm sure he has a lot of Spurs love in his heart, but I don't know that he has enough love in his heart that he just wants to come back. People go back to their exes all the time, but I, 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 and I think there's kind of a, (laughs) there might be a sense of like unfinished business for both. Maybe. Fail, you know, and yeah. because because the team is now in, in the shape where we could challenge for a trophy next season, even if it's just a cup, like it might appeal to them to come back and help the team that they you know really do love finally achieve that. It, yeah, it could and, be. Well, I want to tie one thing into this too quickly because I think it's relevant to the depth conversation. I, I you know we need to pay attention to where our links are, and our our links are aggressive are are generally attacking minded links and we're definitely going to need a lug center back. That's a little bit better in the air. And I don't, cause Davies, Dyer and Romero cannot continue to play every match, right? We need some cover there. Um, we need somebody who's going to be, you know, more efficient for us on set pieces at the back. But ultimately what I'm getting at is I think, you know, the point about who's available and whatnot is very important because a lot of people are going to cite center mid as the largest need on our team right now. And I'm going to argue that is the dead last as far as our needs, because I strongly believe, again, I've said this, that Tongi will step right back into this role and and gap this bridge that we need. Leon will not pay 65 million. Tongi knows who Antonio Conte is. He is actually tailor-made for a Conte system. If he does what he's doing for Leon right now. Um, And ultimately if if I am Conte and Paratici and I have 
the option to go to one of the most talented center mids who's between the ages of 20 and 25, probably in Europe right now, and say, you can save me $75 million and I can invest that elsewhere. Um, it has to be done, right? So I just think that there's so many things behind the scenes prepping a Tongi return. And that's why we're seeing absolutely zero links to center mids right now. So I know Shubes disagrees, but I just, I know, I just don't see how any other option or there's any other situation happening at this point. Well, this thing. Um, so I, I don't know when you guys started supporting Spurs. Do you guys remember Stephen Pienaar when he joined for Spurs? Do you guys remember that? I, don't know. I mean, Pienaar I know Stephen came... Pienaar well. I don't. I didn't obviously, watch him. Obviously, he Spurs, will, but... but Stephen Pienaar joined Spurs, and he joined Wife was a really good price. And I thought this is a really good deal. The problem was, Redknapp never really trusted him. He never mm-hmm. really rotated him well, and he was very surely lacking confidence. He got injuries at the worst times. And he actually went back on loan to Everton. And so I think Bowley, who um, Andrew's met, he's a big Everton fan, love, lovely guy, lovely fella. Um, he um, basically said, that, do you know what? When Pino was coming back, to, when it was his last game, it was, he was bursting into tears because he was like, oh my God, I have to go back to Spurs where I'm miserable. Mm. And I think one of the things, other things, if you guys remember, there was a player, I think, oh, it was a West Ham player, Dimitri Payet. And he had a good season at West Ham. They gave him a massive contract. And then suddenly he just thought, I don't want to be here. And he's got a massive pay cut to go back to Marseille. I think ultimately there are players who think that there is a huge amount of money. Apparently he's not on like this. You know, like we're contractually paying him, but because we're not playing, he's had to pay some of the shortfall himself to go back to Lyon. Apparently, I don't know what the terms are because that's between himself and the club and Lyon and yeah, the tax man, but he apparently has taken a pay cut mm-hmm. in terms of to go back to Leon. And I think I'm not saying that will happen again. And obviously, that's only for say six months. What do you want to do it for a longer term period? We will never know. Well, we, we don't know yet. But I do think the idea, I think personally, there are players who have burned their bridges with Conte, there are players who he has given chances, maybe because he's had to, or maybe because he's, you know, or he's wanted to kind of thing. And I think that Morgan game, you know, the fact that against Chelsea, literally, um, LaCelsa said, you know what, I, I am fit, fully fit. I'm just not playing. I'm wishing the boys all the very best. That was probably one of the dumbest things he could have done. He could have just, you know what I mean, I'd just sometimes, you know what, sometimes it's best to be quiet. Do you know what I'm saying? And I just think personally, I think ultimately this is the, these are players that have been bought in by not just by Nuno, not by Mourinho, but by by um, by by Pochettino. So this was three managers ago, and he has no buy-in. He's not. He is like Conte is all about the now. What are you gonna do for me now? You've got the spectre of Man United on the horizon which is very possible. The spectre of PSG on the horizon because Pochino might get fired at the end of the season. So I really do think that it will be based... In terms of like going back to the earlier question of hierarchy, I think the hierarchy between what's available and what Conte wants, the pendulum swings to more what Conte wants or Conte doesn't want, if that, if that makes sense. Sure. If Conte doesn't want these players back, they're not coming back. 
So, so there's two big yeah. points to, to to make on Tangi and Dabale, and and one of them is is kind of a response to a lot of what was written about him in the past week or so. There, there was a lot of, and there's no other real way to term it other than bullshit. There was a lot of bullshit written about Tangi and Dabale in the last week, saying that he's he's flaming out at Lyon after you know starting out really hot for them. A lot of that stuff is just media bullshit. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He he's still performing very well. Leon and and you know putting putting up putting up performances like there's no other way to put it that's the good side and and that's the that's the that's that side the other side of it is and I think this is where I kind of lean toward agreeing with Shuban I don't know that you can just there, there's a couple of reasons why I don't know that he could just come back in the summer and kick on at Spurs one of them is the Conte reason I think the other big one is weirdly a PR thing like you said, Shivan, with what happened at Morecambe, you can't just you can't just walk back in and think that the fans are going to openly be cool with everything that's gone on in the past. And unless Tanki were to come in and absolutely crush it, that kind of wound and that kind of scar is not something that is easily healed, and or nor is it quickly healed. It's the kind of thing that takes time. So I don't. I don't think I quite see Tangi coming back in and just returning into this team. Um, I, I think that would take that would take a lot of different stuff to, you know, a, a lot of different pieces would have to fall into place in order to to make that happen. So I, I just it's it's one of those things that feels unlikely, but would would like I said, it would take not not one or two things going right. It would take like five or six or seven things going perfectly right for it to happen, in my opinion. Well, I'll just I'll speculate super hard and play. Oh, fantasy you, wait, here. wait, wait! You're gonna speculate? You're gonna you're gonna say something outlandish and, and, and speculatory? Go on. Oh, Scastrodamus here. Let me just let me tell you what's going on. <laughs> Tongi. Oh, all jokes aside, I really do think that if you look at these guys who we did send out on loan, right? It's clear that Lacelso is not coming back to Tottenham, right? There is a reason that we priced Tongi out of a permanent move to Leon. Like, if the bridge was absolutely shredded and burnt, there's no way we're demanding $65 million for him. Like, not a chance, right? We priced him out of a permanent move. And I just think that Conte has to be intelligent. First of all, I will say this. I strongly believe, and I didn't believe this a month ago, but I'm convinced that Conte took this job knowing it's fucked and, like, has this desire to fix to be the one to finally fix the broken tottenham right i really think he's invested actually and i didn't think he was a month ago um i think he sees he's not he's obviously one of the most intelligent minds on the planet when it comes to the sport he sees what tongi does he knows his own system he sees how taylor made a tongi player is for that system he knows that tongi has had a fucking terrible hand dealt to him at Tottenham. Just bullshit after bullshit as far as the manager merry-go-round goes. Tongi has not handled it well at all. Him walking off the pitch was unacceptable. Him choosing not to play was unacceptable. These things are forgivable, though. Like, he's a young a young 22-year-old, right? Like, and if I'm Conte and I know that I have to spend 75 to 80 million, say, to get that type of quality, and I can just literally wrap my arms around a young kid and say, hey, you fucked up a little bit, but let me help you get to where you need to be. Go back to Lyon, play in a system that's suited for a return, play for a manager who you know well and have been with since a young kid and are comfortable with at a club in a city you've been at since a young age, 
just reset, take a deep breath and come back. I really think that's what's happening and it's total speculation, but deep in my heart, I believe that Tongi will be an integral part of Conte's midfield next year. It's speculation. So like I can't back anything up when I say that, but I truly, truly believe everything I just said. I think that I think that there's a distinct possibility of that. And I also think that there's also the opposite possibility where the reason that the club priced him out of a permanent move to Lyon is all of the uh, bull again, I'll use the word bullshit rampant speculation that Conte is going to walk. And if Conte goes, maybe Ndombele could come back because there was a, a, a butting of heads there. That actually leads me to I want to I want to get to a comment that was left on our Instagram uh, by Steve G at Steve O underscore 1963. And this is this was this was kind of poignant from him. And I want to I want to read it almost verbatim because it's I think it's important. Uh, he wanted to make a few points regarding the constant drumbeat out of London that Conte is going to somehow get up and leave in the next week, which is what we're constantly hearing, or at least were up until three weeks ago when all of that kind of seemed to calm down a little bit. But he says, uh, and I'm reading straight from the comment here, nobody ever talks about the significant damage to his stellar reputation, his being Conte's, uh, that this would cause if he came here and left simply because we are not winning every game. He has zero claim that management has not supported him as evidenced by the two great players they signed in January. So as a practical matter, given that he would come across as a whack job by leaving, he isn't going anywhere. I don't really disagree to this point, I add parenthetically. Also, regarding this point that we keep hearing over and over that Conte won't tolerate things if we don't sign Messi and Ronaldo next week because he's used to winning, this is very unbelievably insulting to this guy. I'm sure somewhere in his mind, like any good manager, he feels he can take players and improve them. I'm sure he thinks that he can win with less than perfect personnel because he's a fantastic manager. So this narrative that he's going to fall into insanity if he doesn't get every player he needs is very overstated in my opinion. I think he'll smartly bet on himself with a short-term or I think he smartly bet on himself with a short-term contract that yes, will hold hold ownership feet to the fire, but that isn't a bad thing. It's a smart thing by both ownership and the manager. Um all of that said by Steve, I think is is on point. And I think it, it speaks to the point that we've been talking about with Tangi here in that if if it was Conte that thought Tangi needed to go or if it was Tangi that thought he needed to go on loan to France, and if that thing isn't meshed together, that's fine. But Conte is the one making the decisions. And I just I, I wanted to make sure that we shouted out that, that comment because I think Steve made some really good points in that. And um you know, all, all the Conte stuff has kind of been ramped down over the last few weeks, which I appreciate. Um, I'm just ready for not, not that I'm ready for the season to be over because there's a lot still to play for, but I'm ready for the summer for all of the, the ramp yeah. up toward what's going to happen to, 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 to get going. Yeah. I, I, I will say quick. I think I do agree with, with that, you know, that, that bit as well. And a lot of that's why I feel Conte will stay as well. But I do think Conte has to be careful, though. He needs to make sure he doesn't say things like I need like that that point to him not getting what he wants in the market, because there is empirical data that he walks away if he doesn't get the transfers that he wants. And he's very open and honest about that. So he's he has put himself in a situation where. He is on a very, very thin knife's edge when it comes to those types of things, and he cannot put any pressure on himself with the English media with regards to not getting the transfers that are required. Um, he, he will have to know how damaging that could be. And so I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling Conte anything he wouldn't already understand. Right. But I do think some of that 
you know, some of this is in response to that quote, and I don't remember the exact bit there, but Conte is not without blame when it comes to that perception, and I think that has to be said. All right, let's get to some lighter questions. Um, ben from Tennessee had another one for us, um, and this is this is kind of fun. He wants to know if you could have any artist, musical artist, cover the Gimme, 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 you know, Dan Kulosevsky song, who would it be? Um, my mind, when I, when I read this question, immediately went to one person, and that's Miley Cyrus, because I feel like Miley Cyrus can break genre all the time and do that um does anybody else have a suggestion for an artist other than other than the great abba of course because we would all want abba to be able to do their own song in the dayon kulisevsky way but that's exactly what i was gonna say abba have been making new music lately so why not you know um but the other idea that i had which maybe isn't a great match genre wise is adele just because she is a huge tottenham fan you know she do it as like a charity single it would totally work I think that was Shub- I think that was Shuban's answer. He seems upset. Yeah, that was my answer. I was like, my bad, Kaz, you got my answer. <laughs> I was like, damn it, Kaz. Well, clearly, well, clearly, we're, 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 that's why we're on this pod because we had, well, apart from, you know, we, we have that, so we have some way of thinking. But yeah, I wouldn't go for Adele. Um, I'm trying to, do you know what? I haven't really done any, anything out of music, so um, maybe, oh, God. It's quite a few, actually. There's quite a few, um, singers who actually are Spurs fans anyway so Adele is probably the most famous internationally known one um I don't I don't, I don't think well Chaz, or Chaz is no longer with us so I don't think I'd want Dave doing it by himself um no I mean no, give me I don't know who else could do that I gave no, my I'm wife the go... question too and she said she said she suggested Haim which I thought was another interesting shout but I don't know. I know. I know. I, I don't. Caroline, you said you're not a big Heim fan, right? I'm not. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we 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 tried. I I I think Abba's the the real answer because obviously it's an Abba song, and they like you said they're making new music, so that would be. I don't know. That would be fun, yeah. regardless. The people demand. The people demand. The people want Abba to do the version of their own song that we changed the lyrics to, to please our, our, our famous ginger boy. Uh, I do like that. Um, one more kind of, from, we nicked that from Man United. Apparently that, that's actually an Edison Cavani song, which we nicked. So nah, I like, I like ours better. I like ours better. Typical Spurs. He says uh, another fun one before we get to um, some talk about the women's team. Uh, any cool stadium sponsors that you guys would want be- besides the rumored Amazon um any any who who do you who do you want to take money from uh to put the name on the stadium i know amazon's been been rumored a lot and uh tc and i were actually talking about this yesterday over over a couple of uh adult beverages and and how cool it would be to be able to to call tottenham hotspur stadium the amazon um but i don't know scott do you have any companies that you would want to 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 give uh daniel levy a a, a shit ton of money in order to to have the stadium naming rights i you know i do have to say that from from a uh you know the perspective of business and finance and and etc etc like amazon is the clear and obvious choice as to who everybody should want right we know their reach and 
I'm a little bit biased, you know, I, I maybe would feel a, a stronger line to the club if Amazon owned it. Right. But um, no, all jokes aside, the one that I would really love in my heart is Nike. And I'm just such a huge, huge fan of Nike. And there had been rumors at one point that Nike was interested and in. Nike has, I think as all organizations do um, a history of making some horrible choices. Right. But I think they have, they have been self-reflective and, tried to become better and i think they're at a point now where i think they're willing to to be uh you know involved in in the off-field stuff especially in the social piece in a way that some organizations are are you know are are attempting to do but maybe a little bit behind nike so i'd like to see them uh tied to the club that's a rant and i'm hung over so i did my best to get all those thoughts put together but make of that what you will <laughs> Nike, not a sponsor of this podcast. Neither is Nike. Scott's, fuck it, pay us, baby. Neither you know where to Scott's find hangover. me at DSM Spurs. Neither is Scott's hangover. I was God. thinking, like, why not? You know, it would be funny if it was like some kind of. I, I don't think that Chick King has the has the money, but some kind of like major yes. fried chicken joint, so that we could call call the stadium like the Chicken Box or the Chicken Coop or something, um, something of the sort. I don't know. That would be fun. Um, I don't know if you want a chicken coop affiliated with your stadium, but um, no, I, I don't really have great ideas about this. All I know is that it would, it is like the one, it is one of the, the, the final missing pieces to the puzzle for this, for this club to really take off in terms of what it wants to do from a financial standpoint. Spotify spent was it, is it a billion pounds. Yeah, to, to sponsor um, um, Camp Now, and I shared a link with you guys. Really? Um, well, I didn't. No, I didn't share a link from the, from the Athletic because that would be illegal. About Man United wanting to um, redevelop their stadium and then see them trying to get corporate sponsors to, you know, get the name in. Um, it's an interesting one. I think it's it's a weird one because like you know before people be like petty like oh I'm not going to buy anything from like Amazon because they sponsor you know they sponsor Spurs something. It's like I still fly by Emirates, so yeah. Whether they support, whether they sponsor Arsenal or not, I still fly with them. Do you know what I mean? And I, you know, so I don't think that'll be that. Um, for me, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to. Th- I think it's kind of like your brand, who Spurs want to be seen as, because we have a, a, a discount supermarket chain called Little. You know, I don't know that. I don't know what the equivalent would be, like Trader Joe's in America or something. I don't know. Is that, is that the equivalent, like say discount value chain or something, or Costco saving or something? Costco, Costco or yeah, probably something or like Sam's that. Sam's Club or something. But that, Trader so Joe's maybe, would be sweet. So, so something like so, if it was like a Costco stadium, then I can imagine there would be a lot of insulting things about written about that. But look, they pay their money. I don't care as long as you know the way I look at it. You know, I mean, obviously we had a huge event yesterday. It did actually make a lot of press here because it obviously. There are bigger stories going a lot going on in the, in the UK and in the world, but um, I think as long as they pay their money and you know, yeah, I'm, and Spurs players don't mind being in the adverts or whatever, then you know, whoever turns up. And obviously, right now, I think it's 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 um, with obviously like UEFA deciding we're not going to be sponsored by Gazprom anymore, and a lot of Russian companies they they can't sponsor things anymore. Um, that I think has changed the situation a little bit. I think now you're not going to have as much money as available. If that makes any sense. 
as in like what what people like Gazprom and other Russian companies are willing to pay. Well, now because they're not going to be willing to pay as much. If I'm if I'm a sponsor, I'm not going to, I'm not thinking well, I don't have to pay as much as before. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, yeah, do you know what? Why you know why wouldn't it be? I, I like the idea of the of the chicken coop. You know, <laughs> why I like that. I'm so you know. Oh, uh, well, you know, yeah. Ooh, Chick Fil A. Well, to be totally fair, we 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 actually we are trying to have a lot more like fancy like Korean chicken places and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where they're charging like two pounds a wing or something. That's something ridiculously expensive. And this is in Tottenham. I'm like, seriously, Tottenham's gonna have that? Good luck. But that's happening in Tottenham. So who knows? You never know. But I don't know. Maybe the eBay Stadium because Daniel Levy likes a bargain or something. I don't know. Or the good the Goodwill Stadium. Yes. Buy all buy all your used pieces for cheap. How about yeah. that? <laughs> let's uh let's move it along and talk a little bit about the women's team. Um, Caroline, they were supposed to play twice this week, obviously, and a COVID outbreak has prevented that from happening. Um, sad faces all around, but uh, supposed to have games against supposed to have two London derbies, right? Against Chelsea and Arsenal, that got wiped out. Yeah, it was really disappointing to to get that news uh, first on Wednesday. And then, you know, we kind of knew that the North London Derby was going to be off too at that point. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really tough fitting in those fixtures in the last stretch of the season, you know, because they're such difficult fixtures to begin with. So I'm kind of concerned about how the team's going to hold up, (laughs) honestly. We uh we got a a fun question from Spiggy at Spiggy Tope. Um, he said, with the improvements to Hotspur Way and the massive investment to cater for youth academy expansion and and the ladies team training area, uh, what is the next stage for the women's team and their involvement uh, from a professional capacity? Um, I can think of no better person to to field a question like this than than you. Yeah, thanks, Spiggy for the great question uh gave me a lot of food for thought i think the big step that we need to take next is really just attracting that big name talent and the fact that we do have such good facilities is going to be a big plus when it comes to attracting that talent um and i think the fact that we we've proven this season that we can do a lot with a little um shows that you know, if these big names do come to the team, we can make that next step. And I think it also, in, in addition to getting, you know, in a couple new players, which really I think the only area that we need a lot of strengthening is in our attack because our defense has been keeping us in games this season. Um, it's really been our biggest asset, I think, in addition to having two absolutely fabulous goalkeepers. So defense, totally locked down. Um, the midfield, we've made some improvements to this season, but I really think we need to get a couple of really consistent uh, finishers for our attack. That's going to be key. And I think just thinking about how we want to move forward, it's important that we trust Rianne Skinner to you know complete her vision for the team. Uh, She's really transformed it since she came. I think it was just a little over a year ago. Um, And, you know, just keep trusting her, just like we're talking with the men's team, like letting Conte take the reins, you know, giving her that, that trust. And just as like a small thing that I would like to see, 
um, possibly moving to a different pitch because <laughs> unfortunately our team has gotten a lot of bad uh, press in recent weeks about the state of the highest pitch. And it just comes down to the fact that it's, there's two teams playing on it, you know, every week and there's a lot of wear and tear. Um, of course, we would love to see a few more games played at the Tottenham Hotspur stadium. But in the meantime, if, if we could try to find a pitch that was, you know, just for the women's team, that would be really great. Yeah, that exclusivity would, would that that exclusivity would be really nice. Um, it I know it's probably hard for them to get a lot of matches at the big stadium just because of scheduling and you know the like. I mean, hell, next week I know um, Spurs are Spurs are playing pretty much at the same time as the women. Granted, I think the women are on the road. No, they are at home. I'm wrong. Um, the women play. Uh, well, at least we'll say are scheduled to play. Uh, Villa at home uh, next Sunday, a week from today, and the men uh, also have a home match. Same, same time, uh, you know, like an hour after the women's game was supposed to end. So that's not the kind of thing that would work in terms of scheduling. It's hard to do, but obviously, I think we saw um, Manchester United, for example, their women's team played at Old Trafford today because there's a, an international break and obviously no no men's game going on there um, right now. But yeah, from a scheduling standpoint, it's tough to get a lot of those you know, meshing together. Um, but it would be nice to have just their own facility, um, somewhere, you know, in that area in North London to, to get a little more exclusivity and, and not have to share a pitch because that becomes tough. You know, we see, we see a lot of that. Um, weirdly enough, we see a lot of that in college football here in the States. I know that Pittsburgh is a really good example. They share, the, the, the college in Pittsburgh shares a stadium with the NFL team, and they also have high school games on that same stadium. Like, so they're getting games there Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, some weeks, which is insane for a, for a grass pitch for a grass field. Um, we see a lot of it, you know, I know Caroline, you and I have talked about a lot of the, the USL stadiums in this country. Um, and the fact that some of them are, actual baseball stadiums, minor league baseball stadiums that are being used. Um, some of it's just tough, but yes, you would think from a financial standpoint where Spurs are and the investment that they already have made in the women's team, you would hope more of that can come to be able to get them their own, their own place to call home and, and try to make it a home similar to what they've, they've attempted to do to do with the men's team. Um, that would be ideal. Yeah. And I just really hope that the team continues to invest in the women's club because we're at a real inflection point right now where we could really push on. And, you know, if we don't make it into the champions league for next season, be able to grab that spot next season and continue progressing. And I also just have liked seeing the increased uh, support from the men's side for the women's team, just having more exposure. That's been great. Yeah, hell, I mean, even when it comes to this podcast, I love the fact that we're getting more questions about the women's team because, you know, we, you're the one that watches more matches than anyone that I know, um, and we like to to try and cover it as, as best we can without, you know, without those of us who don't talking out of our ass about it. So um, we appreciate that we're talking about it a little bit more and and getting it you know, it's, it's going to be tough, obviously, to get the coverage of the women's team on the same level as the men's team, but we would at least like to have uh, a representative um, portion of it go to the women's team. And like I said, 
once this international break is over next week, when you're diving back into to club football, turn on the women's game, nine Eastern time, uh, nine in the morning, Eastern time next Sunday, they play Villa, uh, flip it on. And then right after that, flip over to the men's game. Cause they're going to be coming on right after that uh, and, and returning to action against Newcastle. So that's kind of what we have to look forward to uh, as we head down the home stretch of the season. What is it? Um, nine games left for the men, I think, or is it eight now? I can't even count. I think it's nine because they still haven't scheduled that damn Arsenal match. Um, and then we'll have, I think it's another six left for the women if they're able to reschedule these these two that got, got postponed this week. So down the stretch they come, as they say, um, for both the men's and women's teams at Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, this has been a fun one. We've been able to to, to fill some some international break time to get some quality time with the depot. Uh, you can follow... Caroline at CG Stefko. You can follow Shuban at the real Shuban. You can follow Scott at DSM Spurs. You can follow me at Aesthetica. More importantly, much more importantly, you can follow us at Tottenham Depot. Catch us on Twitter. Catch us on Instagram. You can even follow us on TikTok. Uh, until next week, when we will be coming to you after those two matches that we just spoke about, this has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>